Enough of me and uh, enough of uh, uh, mission trips and things like that. I'm here to preach the word of God. And uh, last week I was asked um, from a brother what I was going to preach on today, and uh, I said that I'll uh, watch a movie during the week and get some things from that and see how we go. Maybe Superman vs. Batman or something like that. And uh, I think if I stop right now, I think if Pastor John was listening to this in Italy or wherever he may be, he would have spilled his coffee and uh, maybe um, coughed out his uh, bruschetta or whatever it is and he'd be on the plane back here to start preaching because uh, that's not what uh, preaching the Word is all about. I'm here to preach from the Bible, okay, the Word of God. We take preaching very seriously at Kingsway, okay, and we preach the full gospel, Jesus Christ and Him crucified. And that's what I want to do today. Um, I'm normally, I'd say I'm not a pastor, but I am um, part of the outreach team and I'm very much used to street preaching. So um, out in the open air, um, in the streets of Melbourne, and as you saw in Fiji, and uh, most of the churches there are just uh, ironing, uh, ripping iron, sheets of ripping iron, and open walls kind of thing. So I'm used to that kind of thing. Um, so if you don't mind, to make it a little bit more comfortable for myself, but can I just imagine that we're on the streets of Melbourne somewhere and you're just passing by and uh, if you want to heckle me, go ahead and heckle me. Uh, it'll just make me feel a lot more comfortable. Uh, my kids don't need any encouragement with that, but um, go ahead. Um, now, the word that the Lord has given me this morning it first came to me actually uh, on the mission trip and uh, we're on the boat from uh, the mainland to Tabuni, one of the islands there. And uh, my wife, who comes from an island in Fiji, in the far east of Fiji, gets seasick. And uh, you wouldn't think that comes from a little island, but she gets seasick and the rest of the kids aren't too well. So it was about midnight or so, and they were lying down, not very well. And um, I got up and started to pray, and uh, this word came to me. And uh, I shared it a little bit in Fiji, and I'd love to share it this morning with you as well. And the title um, that I've got today um, that the Lord gave me was um, Wake Up. Did you hear that? No. Sorry, the, the title that he gave me was To Wake Up. Okay? We need to wake up. Okay? And it's from Romans chapter 13. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I do thank you for today, Lord. I thank you for this. Great privilege and honour to preach your word this morning, Lord. And I thank you for all the things that you have given us, Lord, that you've blessed us with. And I thank you also, by the Lord, for things that you have not given us, that you have not done to us. And you have not dealt with us according to our sins and according to our iniquities, Lord. And I praise the Lord for this, that you gave your Son, Jesus Christ, who died on the cross and shed his blood for us, Lord. And that's how you deal with us, Lord, through the cross, through your grace, for your Son, Jesus Christ. So I thank you and I praise you for this, Lord. And I pray, Lord, as I preach your word this morning, that I will decrease and you, Lord, will increase, Lord. And I pray that, Lord, that the word this morning, that it will be heard, Lord, and that it will be understood, and that your word will be acted upon. And I thank you and I praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. So Romans chapter 13, uh, verse there's 11 to 14, and let's read from the Word. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is my time to awake out of sleep. 
For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reveling and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. Amen. The three parts that I want to look at this morning, and uh, the first part is to wake up. We need to wake up. We need to stop sleeping, okay? Why do we need to do this? Because there's a battle going on. There's a concept between darkness and light, alright? And how do we fight this battle? We fight it by putting on Christ, okay? Putting on the armour of light and putting on Christ. There's certain things that we need to put off, and there's other things that we need to put on. So let's have a look at this. So we need to wake up. Verse 11. And it begins by, and do this. And do what? What is Paul referring to? Paul is talking to Christians here. What is he referring to? Chapter 13 is all about um, uh, submitting to authority, to the government, and, and, and then about loving by the neighbor. So what is Paul referring to? Well, to get an idea, let's look at the word. Let's go back a few uh, verses to verse 18. Uh, verse 8. Uh, Owe no one anything except to love one another, for he who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandments, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not covet, and if there is any other commandment, uh, are all summed up in this saying, namely, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. Love does no harm to a neighbour. Therefore, love is the fulfilment of the law. So Paul is referring to love, to love one another. And what did Jesus say about uh, love? Well, many times he referred um, to love, the love commandment. In John uh, 13, 14, it reads, A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another, as I have loved you, that you also love one another. And then further in Matthew 22, 39, Jesus again, and the second is like it, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. And where does Jesus get this from? Where, where is this coming from? Well, if you possibly you can look back to Leviticus. Okay? So Leviticus is in the, the Old Testament, it's at the front of the, the Bible, and uh, uh, just after Exodus and that. So, um, I don't know about you, but Leviticus is not possibly one of my favourite books to read. It's not the easiest thing to read through. Um, the rest of my Bible is full of markings and stuff, and I mean, even Genesis has come apart here. But Leviticus, I haven't got many markings, and uh, I've read it many times through, but uh, sometimes it's good to just listen to it on audio to, to read through that. But Leviticus chapter um, 19, verse 18 reads You shall not take vengeance nor bear any grudge against the children of your people, but you shall love your neighbour as yourself. I am the Lord. The Old Testament is so important. It points to Christ. Okay? So, coming back, to our, um, coming back to our text, this kind of love that Paul's referring to here is agape love, agapio, okay? 
And it's not a, a friendly kind of love, it's a sacrificial kind of love. And what Paul is saying here in these uh, verses preceding um, uh, verse 11 is that love is a summary of God's moral rules. Okay? And Paul goes through some of the, the Ten Commandments there, the personal relationship kind of ones, and he's saying that love covers them all. If you love one another, you've fulfilled the law. See, love covers every social duty and commandments that are fundamental in human relations. Love covers every social duty and commandments that are fundamental in human relations. Okay? But we need to be careful. Okay? I know Pastor John likes that word, but. But we need to be careful. It does not give us the liberty to break one of these uh, commandments from time to time in the name of love. Okay? That's not scriptural. Um, some churches today preach just about love. Okay? The love of God. Okay? They don't mention anything about sin. And they accept different kinds of lifestyles into their churches. They allow different things to go on. Again, that's not scriptural. Okay? God is love, yes. God is love, but he's fair and he's just. And he hates sin. And he must punish sin. And the punishment that he subscribed for sin is eternity in hell. Okay? Um, and so, in fact, he doesn't want to see anyone perish, as we saw on the video clip there. Okay? Um, and his son, Jesus Christ. So praise the Lord for that. Okay? And it goes on here. And do this knowing the time. What time is Paul referring to? Is it Fiji time? Have you heard of Fiji? Fiji time is very slow. Is it Fiji time? Is it Kiwi time? Is it South African time? Aussie time? What kind of time is Paul referring to? Well, Paul talks a lot about the present age and the age to come. And here in the Greek, it's talking about the season. It's a season. Time refers to a season. Okay? And here, it's talking about the return of Jesus Christ. It's intimate. It's very close. Okay? And he's saying that knowing the time... See, if we don't know the time, then there's no urgency. There's no understanding of what's going, what we're about to read. Okay? So we need to know the time. We need to want to be found faithful in Christ's returns. Amen? So we need to wake up. We need to be alive. We need to get out of our sleep. When do we do this? What does the Bible say? Let's continue on. And do this knowing the time. That tomorrow is high time. Is that what your Bible says? That tomorrow is high time? <coughs> that next week is high time? No. The Bible says that now, now it is time. Okay? Right now. Again, there's that sense of urgency. Okay? There's that sense, sense of getting up, waking up. Now, get out of your slumber. Stop sleeping, Christians. Okay? Stop sleeping and be alive. Get rid of that lethargic. Le- Stop being lethargic. Okay? Stop being lethargic. Okay? Uh, wake up. Um, Isaiah chapter 60, I'll just read this, verse 1 and 2. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings. Isaiah 61. Here we go. Verse 60. Uh, chapter 60, verse 1. Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. But the Lord will rise over you, and his glory will be seen upon you. Now, I don't know about you, but um, school holidays are about a week away or so, and many parents I talk to, they don't like school holidays because they have to get kids occupied with different things. 
I love school holidays. Why? Because I'm the one in the family who has to get the kids up out of bed five days a week, eight of them, to go to school. Well, seven of them to go to school or uni or whatever it may be. I have to tell them to wake up, to get up, and it's a battle sometimes. The younger ones aren't too bad. The, the teenagers, they struggle a few times. We have to, you know, wake up, wake up. The older one, uni, forget about it, okay? A few grunts and an hour or two later, come back, okay? But we need to wake up. So I love the school holidays because we, I don't have to get them to wake up. So in a physical sense, we need to wake up from time to time, yeah? Um, in a spiritual sense, though, Paul is saying that we need to wake up, okay? We, if our walk with Christ, we need to be awake, okay? So I put it on to you this morning that some of us are asleep, okay? Some of us are asleep. In the church and Christians around the Western world in particular, asleep. So you might be here today or maybe listening, we're asleep, okay? Some may not be here this morning, maybe they're asleep. So we need to wake up. Here in Australia, we've got it very easy. We are free to worship and praise the Lord and pray. Um, we have, really seriously, we have very little persecution, okay? Yes, words that people say, and some legislation that may be coming in and things like that, but really, we are free to worship the Lord, okay? On the flip side of that, we have brothers in China and Russia and Eastern Europe, Middle East and parts of Africa who are being persecuted, okay? They are awake, they are alive for Christ. And there's real persecution there. Okay? They're being tortured for Christ. They're being jailed. And they're dying for Christ. Why? Because they believe in Christ Jesus. Because they will not stop proclaiming the name of Jesus. They won't renounce their faith. So the question I have for you this morning, would you be prepared to do that? And quite, quite often we say, oh yes, I'll, I'll do whatever it takes for Jesus. But your lifestyle is telling me no. Okay? We need to wake up, brothers. We need to wake up, sisters. We need to do that. See, the underground church, you've all heard of the underground church in China, okay? And to be a pastor there, you're not considered a pastor unless you've done three years of jail. You need to be awake, you need to be alive, you need to stop sleeping. There was a missionary in the US who uh, was able to get into the underground church there and visit there. Um, was able to go to a um, conference of leaders, um, about 100 or so. And this was out in the, had to be out in the, um, in the bush or in the jungle, in the countryside of, of China, uh, a few hours from anywhere because they had to be hidden. And he was smuggled, you know, had to um, lie down on the floor of the minibus they were in so that no one could see his foreigner with them. Um, and so they, he got to this conference of, uh, of pastors and church leaders of the underground church there. And, uh, he was trying to find out about persecution and asking them a lot of questions about things. And it came towards the end of, end of the conference after uh, three or four days and he asked them, do you have any questions for me? And the first question that they asked him, um, surprised him, they, they asked him, do people where you come from know about Jesus? And he said, well yeah, in the US you know, we have a lot of people who call themselves Christians and they believe in Jesus. So they were amazed at that, the, the, the Chinese, and said, well, we'll have to pray for them. And so the second question that they, they had, and the second question baffled this missionary, the second question that they had them was, well, okay, so there's Christians who believe in Jesus in, in the US and in other places of the world. We must pray for them. So they must be, be um, persecuted just like us. 
You know, and so they ask, are they being jailed for Jesus? Are they spending three years in jail because of um, Jesus? Are they being tortured? Are they dying for him? Are they being separated from their families? And the pastor has to say, for tears to die, no, they're not. And they ask, why? Why is that? And he had no answer. So the missionary went away and prayed about it and sought the Lord on it. And uh, later that night he came back to them and, um, and he put it this way. He said, well, there's two scenarios, there's, there's a contrast here. There's, there's Christians in the US and Australia and, and different places and um, they're just going through the motions. Okay? But then you have Christians here in China like yourself and other places of the world and they're on fire for the Lord. They're proclaiming Jesus. They're reading their Bible. They have a thirst for the Bible. They're um, praying, just not five or ten minutes, but they're, they're praying for hours or days on end. And so there's this contrast there. And so this missionary is saying, well, if the devil saw this, which one would the devil attack? Would he attack the ones who are sleeping, just going for the motions? Or would he attack the ones who are proclaiming Jesus? And so he said, well, maybe, maybe that's what the devil is doing. God is allowing him to attack those who are proclaiming the name of Jesus. Because why bother with these others in Australia and the US? Because they're sleeping. Why wake them up? They're destroying their own faith. Okay? But the Chinese and others there on fire for the Lord. I have to squash them. The devil has to squash them. I put it to you. Maybe we're asleep and we need to wake up. The interesting thing though is that uh, the devil is stupid. Amen? Um, and is a very slow learner. God always wins. Praise the Lord. And uh, in Fiji, there's a song that I remember from a long time ago, and it goes that Jesus is the winner man, and it goes that Satan is the loser man. And um, it's a funny, I thought it was a funny song when I first heard it many, many years ago. So I asked you this morning, are you asleep? Okay. You may be a Christian, you may be, maybe there's Christians who aren't coming to church, and uh, they're not reading the Bible, we're not praying, we're not outreaching, we're not doing the Great Commission. They don't know their gift. We're too busy. Too busy. Sport. The footy finals are on at the moment. Rugby. Work. Pokemon. Whatever it may be. You know, we're just too busy. And the devil's saying, let them sleep. You know? Why wake them? My work is done here. They're destroying themselves. I don't have to do anything here. Or maybe you are a Christian going to church. Maybe you're part of a choir or music or whatever it may be and you're involved or maybe you were born into the Christian family. And because you're born into the family, maybe you think you're a Christian. But there's no relationship with Christ. Just going through the routine, and church is a place of just catching up with friends and, and, and fellowship. And fellowship is good, it's important, but you need to remember why we're here. Or maybe you are on fire for the Lord. Maybe you are awake. Praise the Lord. Keep going. Let me encourage you in that. But we need a constant reminding of that. So keep going. Because now is the time we must be awake. Do you remember the first time well, when you heard about the Lord Jesus Christ? When you came to the Lord? Do you remember when you were first saved? Remember the fire that you had at that stage? The zeal for God that you had? You wanted to tell everyone. I was like that. You wanted to tell everyone about Jesus. And at times you push a bit too hard. That can happen. So there's a bit of caution here. We need to be awake. We need to be alive with Jesus. 
But there needs to be a bit of maturity there as well. Some calm assurance. You need to learn to be still and know that I am God. And a great example of this just recently was with um, our sister Ella and Pastor yeah. Werner. Pastor Werner, no, no, you know, collapsed and uh, um, had to be revived a number of times on the street. And throughout that whole time, Sister Ella was very calm. She had this calm assurance upon uh, her. In the hospital, uh, with the tubes and everything, and doctors, everyone around, she had this calm assurance. That's what we need. We need to be awake, but we need to have this calm assurance. I remember, um, oh, it must have been 22 years ago or so, um, we were out on my wife's island. Just my wife and I, uh, on the far east of Fiji, and, and um, transport there is very hard. There's a plane once a week going in and out, and I, I missed the plane. I think I was due back to uni or something like that, and um, my mum and dad, particularly my mum, wasn't very happy that I wasn't back, and so I had to work out a way to get back to the mainland, and uh, eventually we hired a village boat, and uh, went on a boat trip from that her island to another island where I could get um, a plane. And uh, this boat trip took two days in a little village hunt. Um, not very long, not very wide, and we had a couple of motors just for safety. We had no life jackets or anything like that, and no radio. Um, and uh, so we've got kind of time to go on a couple of waves, you could see some islands in the distance kind of thing. And uh, always knew Virginia is very strong, very big, very brave kind of men. You know, and we had a number of young men there with us on the trip. And, uh, and I asked one of them, um, you know, how do you feel about this? Are you a bit scared? And he said, yes. I said, oh no, <laughs> that's not uh, very comforting. Um, and then I look across at Kara, and uh, she's asleep. She's asleep in the boat. And uh, all this going on, she's asleep. Now it's true, my wife can sleep standing up with her now. But she had this calm assurance about it. And I, I remember that to this day. So we need that in our lives, that calm assurance. But we need to be on fire with Jesus Christ. We need to be alive. We need to wake up. Ephesians, uh, Ephesians chapter 5. Therefore, he says, Awake, you who sleep, arise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. And first, uh, first Thessalonians chapter 5, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do. Let us watch and be sober. So, why do we need to wake up? Why is that important? What is the urgency. What's the urgency? What, why? Again, let's go back to our text, verse 11 in Romans. It reads here, uh, And do this knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. So, salvation in the Bible is used in three different tenses. Okay? There's a past tense, you know, where we've been saved, there's a present tense of those who are being saved, and there's a future tense, uh, tense as well. That's what's being used here. And this salvation is a future salvation. It's called, talking about the glorification. It's talking about final salvation, a redemption of the body. So it's talking about the time of the Lord's return, the day of the Lord. Okay, it's near. Okay, but each passing day is coming closer, it's drawing nearer. Compared to 2,000 years ago to now. The day of the Lord is coming closer. Eight years ago when I was first saved, to now, I'm much closer. 
than it was eight years ago. Okay? So, put it another way, our salvation is nearer, although we already possess it, than when we first believed. He's coming soon. Amen? He's coming soon. And when is he coming? No one knows. And that's why we need to be ready. That's why we need to be awake. Okay? And we look forward to that day, the day of the Lord. But we need to be prepared. What does Jesus say about this day? Um, in Mark uh, chapter 13, it reads in uh, verse 35, Watch therefore, for you do not know when the master of the house is coming. In, in the evening, at midnight, at the crowing of the rooster, or in the morning. Lest coming suddenly he find you sleeping. And what I say to you, I say to all, watch. So no one knows the hour or the day. And when you think of this, we quite often think of... Uh, uh, the wise and the foolish virgins, don't we? Okay? Um, in Matthew 25. So afterwards, the other virgins came, uh, sorry, those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. Going down to verse 11. Afterwards, the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Praise the Lord. So we don't want to miss out when the bridegroom comes, when he returns. And I'm happy to admit I'm not a deep theologian, okay? I like to keep things very simple, alright? Um, and yes, there's, um, there's prophecies and signs of the end times and I, I like to listen to, to this and, and, and to um, speak, speak about these kind of things. But for me, I just want to be ready. Amen? I just want to be ready. I don't want to be in the field one day and the next person next to me is gone and I'm still there. Okay? You need to wake up. Okay? Don't delay. Now is the time, Christians. We need to do that. And why? Why do we need to do that? There's a battle, okay? There's a battle going on between darkness and light. You're all aware of that, aren't you? There's a battle going on, a spiritual battle going on, okay? And it's not easy, okay? It's not easy. Verse 12. The night is past spent, the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armour of light. So there's this concept of darkness and light, of, um, of night and day, evil and good. Uh, Satan and Jesus, okay? And we want to be in the light. Jesus said in John 8, verse 12, I am the light of the world. And so we want to live in the daytime. The darkness represents opposition to God, okay? Darkness is sin, okay? And the wages of sin, the wages of sin is death. And it leads to eternity in hell. But the light is light. Amen. And Jesus Christ uh, on the cross gave us the victory over death. He gave us the victory over the devil and so we can have eternity in heaven with our Saviour through his grace and mercy. Okay? Praise the Lord. Um, in, Romans, uh, in Romans 8, 
verse 1, we read that um, there is no, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. There's a battle going on. And again, in John 3, um, John 3, uh, 19, it reads, And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light, and does not come to the light, lest his deeds should be exposed. But he who does the truth comes to the light that his deeds may be clearly seen that they have been done in God. You know, when I'm uh, on the streets of Melbourne and Fiji and that, I, I, in, in talking about this kind of thing, about darkness and light, I'm talking about cockroaches. And I, I say to people, we're just like cockroaches. Have you ever seen a cockroach? You turn on the light and they scurry away into the darkness. They can't stand the light. And then we're just like that, aren't we? Okay. We can't stand the convincing light of God's truth when it shines upon us. We run away and hide. Okay. Um, but asking you, I'm pleading with you today, come out of the darkness, cast it off, and into the light of Jesus Christ. Okay. Because when Christ returns, he's not going to be looking for his children in the darkness. He's going to be looking for his children in the light. Okay. And... Um, Paul says in, in 1 Thessalonians 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 5 You are all sons of light and sons of the day. We are not of the night nor of darkness. We don't belong to the darkness. We belong to the light. So let's start acting like that. Okay? Let's wake up and start acting that way. Amen? But there's a battle going on, like I said, between the darkness and the light. And there's things that we need to do. And then one of the things that we need to do is we need to put on the armour of light. And the armour of light, the armour of God. Okay? The armour of God. So we need to put on the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation, the breastplate of righteousness, the battle of truth, the, the, the sword of the spirit, and I think we need to be prepared with the gospel peace. So we need to put on the armour of light, the armour of God. Okay? That's what we need to be doing. Because it's not smooth sailing. We know that as a Christian, don't we? You know, it's not smooth sailing. Um, the battle continues. Let's just ask our Chinese brothers and sisters. There's a battle going on. Okay? And you've got to understand it's very clear that darkness and light not compatible, okay, in the, in the physical sense and in the spiritual sense as well. We can't be in the darkness and have the light. We need to be in the light of Jesus Christ. And we want to be found pure, don't we? We want to be found holy when the light of glory of God shines upon all his people, okay, at the end of this age. So there's so some things that we need to do. We need to put off some things. And we need to put on some other things. So we need to put on the armour uh, of light and we need to put on Jesus Christ. 
Okay. Verse uh, 13 and 14 in our text. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverie and drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. So we've woken up. Amen? We've woken up. We've moved from darkness to light. How do we now proceed? Well, it's telling us, Paul's telling us here that we need to walk properly. Okay? So Paul is giving us advice, advice on how to live the Christian life. Okay? So we need to walk properly as in the day, in other words, the light. And we need to put off or cast off certain things. How do we walk properly? Well, sometimes it's easy to work out how we don't walk properly. And you think about a, a drunk person, how they walk. They have a wide stance, okay? And they stagger, don't they? Alright? That's how not to walk. Okay? Broad is the way that leads to destruction, but narrow is the gate to everlasting life. Paul talks about lust here. Careful what the eye sees. You know what Jesus said about adultery? He said, whoever looks upon a woman with lust in his eyes has already committed adultery within his heart. David was a man of God, but his eyes got him in trouble. It led to adultery, it led to murder, and probably against most of the other commandments as well. So there's this battle between darkness and light. And today, even more so, with iPads and, and, and phone and, and, and mobile phones and, and wicked stuff like this, all the social media kind of stuff. We need to be careful what our eyes see. Hate. What did Jesus say about hate? It's the same as murder. So, if you look at all these things that Paul is listing in, the reverie, the drunkenness, the lewdness, the, the lust, the strife, the envy, what is that all about? Well, it's, to me, it's telling us that we're not content with what the Lord provides us. Okay? We have this tendency, don't we, to, to want more. We want bigger, brighter, better things. We're not content. And these other things, they lead to trouble. Many churches today, you know, they'll, they'll give you some false promises of being healthy, wealthy and wise. Yes, the Lord can bless you. But we need to be prepared for a battle. Okay? We need to wake up, we need to be in the light and we need to walk properly. The joy of the Lord, well, what joy is when we are walking with the Lord? Okay, when you're walking properly with Christ. So we need to behave like Christians. And in Romans chapter 13, it starts by talking about submitting to authority, submitting to government. And that's an interesting thing in these times with the state government at the moment, but uh, that's for another time. Um, but we need to love one another as well. It goes on to say that we need to love one another. So in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions, we need to be Christ-like. So can I encourage you today do this, to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 14 says, but put on, again, but, there's that word again, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. So we need to put on Christ. Galatians 3.27 says, for as many of you were baptised into Christ have put on Christ. We need to be clothed in his righteousness. We need to be willing to deny ourselves and grow in holiness and commitment to God. When you talk about thinking about clothing and, and putting something on, you think about Joseph. He put on his coat 
okay? Uh, and his father had given him. And it was an outward sign of his father's love for him, okay? And he was blessed. Um, and we put on Christ. We clothed ourselves in Christ. And it's our sign that we have this love, that, we, that Christ has his love for us, and we love Christ. And we'll be blessed as well. But with that, and as Joseph discovered, others despised him because of this. Okay? Even his brothers were jealous. Okay? And he went through much hardship. But remember, God always wins. Okay? And eventually they bow down to him uh, in the end. And that's the same with Christ as well. We may go through hardships. When we're alive, when we're awake, like our brothers and sisters in, in China and other places as well, there'll be persecution. But we are alive and we are awake and God will bless us. God always wins. So I urge you this morning to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Never forget that we are made in his image. There was a missionary in India and uh, if you know uh, India, there's caste systems, okay, caste system, different levels of... um, of people, and the lowest are the uh, untouchables, or the, the, the dullards, I think. Okay? And to get a picture of this, if you had a, a bowl, and your, a dog licked, your, licked the bowl, or touched the bowl, you'd, they'll wash the bowl, clean it, and they'll use it again. If one of these untouchables touched the bowl, they'll throw it away. Okay? They are lower than dogs. That's how they're considered. And that's how they're brought up. Their whole life, thinking this way. So this missionary was there and he gave a Bible, the Word of God, gave a Bible to one of these dullards, one of these uh, untouchables. And uh, this uh, man, he went away and started reading the Bible. A few minutes later, he came back to the missionary and said, I love this Word, I love this Bible, I love this God, this is my God. And the missionary was puzzled. You've only read it for three minutes or so, how, how can you work that out in that amount of time? And the apostle said, listen, it's written right here, Genesis 1, 27, where is it? So God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And the apostle said, I'm made in the image of God. No one's ever told me that. I was never aware that I'm equal to everyone else. That I am made in God's image. Praise the Lord. And so this man, this untouchable, gave his life to the Lord and he led many others to Christ um, in his own uh, um, in his own heart's kind of system. He led many others to Christ. So praise the Lord. Never forget, we are made in his image. So let's put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's behave like Christians, okay? And let's uh, let's be clothed in him. Alright? Paul then finishes here in uh, verse 14 and he says that uh, make no provisions for the flesh to fulfil its lusts. <coughs> what about just a little bit? Just a little bit? That should be okay. No. Make no provisions for the flesh. David, again, what was he doing on the rooftop? He didn't know what time, he knew what time of day it was. He knew what happens around that time. Make no plans for sin, okay? Guard yourself. Guard yourself. Are we perfect? No, okay? There's only one perfect, and that's Jesus Christ. 
We all fall short of his glory. Okay? But we strive for righteousness. Okay? We're not slaves to sin anymore. Okay? Uh, sin doesn't control, control our lives. It doesn't define, define us. Okay? Um, but we know there's occasional sin. And we know there's other sin that leads to bondage. And God knows it too. He knows it better than us. And he knows where this leads to. Okay? He hates sin. And he knows that this will lead to separation from us. Okay? So we need to guard ourselves. Okay? Make no provisions for the flesh. Okay? Don't feed the flesh. Let's feed the spirit. Again, back in Fiji many years ago, um, before I was saved actually, um, I wanted to watch some rugby. In the open, I was in the capital city, Suva, and the only place I could watch the rugby was in a bar. And I had a friend with me, he was a, a rugby a chief, and uh, I said, oh, okay, and he was a Christian. And I said, well, let's go to the bar and let's watch the rugby. So we went into the bar, and around us there was drunkenness and revelry and all this kind of stuff going on. And uh, I had known him for a bit, and uh, we'd gone well and joked about things and stuff like that. I didn't really know much about his Christian faith. But we were in the bar there, watching the rugby on the TV screen. And after a couple of minutes, he said, sorry, I've got to go. And he virtually ran out of the place. And that stuck with me. That stuck with me all this time. Um, make no provision for sin. Okay? No provision for flesh. So we need to put on Christ daily. Okay? We need to read our Bibles. Okay? We need to pray and have fellowship as well. Yeah? Um, again, can I urge you, we need to be awake. We need to wake up and put on Jesus Christ. Is God, is God important to you? Is God important? Is he prominent in your life? Well, if he's prominent in your life, I don't think that's good enough because sport's prominent in your life, work is prominent in your life, we, all these other things are prominent in your life. Jesus Christ, God, needs to be number one in your life, has to be preeminent in your life. Okay, number one. So, in the conclusion, we need to submit to his lordship. He is lord. We can't serve two masters. We need to accept his moral standards. Okay, love one another, but don't forsake his commandments. Don't create a God to suit your own lifestyle. We need to live in constant uh, consistent fellowship with him. Read the word, pray, have fellowship. We need to be ready. We need to wake up, be ready for his return is soon and it's getting closer and closer with each passing day. And we need to depend on his grace and mercy. His strength will see us through. He'll see us through the battle between darkness and light. Um, Philippians 4.13, we all know, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And we need that first for God. We need a first for hunger for his word. I remember hearing a, um, uh, someone talk about um, this pastor was in South Korea and the church in South Korea are huge and, and they are on fire for the Lord. Many of them there, definitely, they're awake. And this uh, American pastor was on a, in a, was a, a, um, a prayer conference going on, a conference going on there. Um, thousands of pastors were, were going there. He was on a bus from his accommodation to the conference centre. He was sitting next to a South Korean pastor and they were talking about things and that and uh, uh, eventually got around to um, reading the Word of God and the uh, South Korean pastor was very... He could see that he was getting very distraught. He said, 
I, I have to admit to you, um, I, I haven't been reading uh, my Bible. You know, uh, this week, this week I haven't read my Bible. And the American pastor said, oh yeah, I know, and times gets busy and, you know, and things like this, and you know, it's, it can be difficult at times, you know, to fit in the Word of God. And, uh, South Korean pastor, yeah, I've been reading part of it, I haven't read my Bible this week. And again, the American pastor was trying to console him, and say, that's okay, and, and that's... And, um, and then the South Korean pastor said, but you don't understand. I've only read from Genesis to Matthew so far this week. I haven't read my Bible this week. I haven't read the whole Bible this week. And the American pastor was a bit taken aback. And, uh, um, and the South Korean said to me, well, how about you? How are you going with your reading? And the American pastor said, well, let's not worry about me. Let's concentrate on your problem at the moment, okay? Listen, we need that kind of hunger, don't we, to read the Bible, okay? The first after the Word of God. And that's an extreme thing, I you know. Reading the whole Bible in a week, every week, it's not easy, okay? But we need to get into the Word of God, okay? Um, that's life. That's life. That's what we need. But we need to first for God. So in summary, we need to wake up, okay? We need to wake up. We need to wake up, we need to clean up, and we need to grow up, okay? Wake up, no more slumber, okay? Be alive, do it when? Do it now, okay? Now is the time. Clean up, okay? We need to clean up, okay? There's a battle between darkness and light. We need to get our lives in order. Get out of the darkness and into the light of Jesus Christ. Eight years ago, I came out of the darkness and into the light, okay? And I was um, totally against God, okay? Um, I didn't want anything to do with God. I thought my wife was going to uh, Kingsway Christian Fellowship at that time, and the kids were going there, she was taking the kids, and I thought, this is not right, okay? This is not how it should be. These people praising the Lord, that's a bit weird, okay? Um, I don't want anything to do with that. But I would often go and, and, and just sit at the back of the church, so if you're at the back of the church, be careful, something might happen. Um, so I was at the back of the church there because I wanted to get away as quickly as I could. I didn't want to talk to these people, I didn't want to have anything to do with them, I wanted to escape as soon as I could. Um, and at that particular, this particular day, um, Cara's sister, who you will see singing in the video, she was uh, there and she has a beautiful voice, you know, who's puffs on their skin as she sings. She was singing and um, a brother got up and shared the words just to say that you need to stop blaming God and that resonated with me. And uh, then Pastor Werner got up and started preaching and uh, honestly I can't remember what he was preaching but whatever it was I, I must have been listening because at the end of that service he, he asked does anyone want to come forward and give their lives to the Lord? And I felt this uncontrollable urge to come forward and give my life to the Lord. And so I started to walk up in the middle aisle, and as I was doing that, I heard this voice saying, Don't do it. Don't do it. So I thought I was a good person. I didn't hurt anyone. I was doing, you know, okay things. But I heard this voice saying, Don't do it. This will be the end of your life. Okay? All the good things that you do, all the things that you do in the hidden, that are hidden, they'll be exposed. You won't be able to do that anymore. So there's a battle going on between darkness and light. And even as you're walking up, I praise the Lord, I gave my life to the Lord, and I haven't looked back since. So we need to wake up, we need to clean up from darkness to light, and we need to grow up, okay? We need to put off things 
Okay? We need to put off certain things in our lives that are holding us back and we need to put on things that will lead us, uh, in, lead us to Christ. Okay? To take off those things that lead to sin and put on the Lord Jesus Christ, be clothed in Him. So can I urge you this morning to wake up. Okay? To wake up and be clothed in Him. Put on the Lord Lord, I just want to thank you for this word, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for our brothers and sisters here, Lord. And I pray, Lord, that uh, your word has gone out, Lord, and uh, it won't come back, Lord. We know that, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that, um, Lord, that uh, your word will be acted upon today, Lord. It was heard clearly, Lord. And I want to do all this for your glory, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for what you've done in our lives. Continue to do it. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us, Lord, to wake up, Lord, to get out of our slumber, to get out of our routines of things, Lord, to come out of the darkness and into the light, Lord, and to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you, Lord. I praise you this morning.